Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. In this episode, two words that don't belong together, recreational and mathematician, and two words that do, Matt and Parker. That's Matt Parker, not Matt and Parker. Just the two names. It's going well so far, isn't it? Don't crash the music! Oh, I've lost all my tempo now. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. I'm Ewan Spence. I'm slightly off kilter. And this is a look back at just one of the many interviews from the Fringe. Get this back on track. This is fine. Well, you know, the track is pretty simple uh, because we have uh, myself and the team here at the Edinburgh Fringe Show Podcast Extravaganza Emporium have over two decades, nearly two decades, nearly two decades of coverage. That's a lot. Over a thousand interviews in our archive. And every week we're just lifting out a little bit of August to bring it back to you. When the sun is up in Edinburgh, when the rain is not as rainy as it would normally be. The arts capital of the world is back in your ears for 15 minutes or so. I'm going to go back to 2019 in this little quarter hour slice of the hour and speak to Matt Parker. Because maths and stand-up, look, it is a strange formula, but one clearly has an abundance of puns available if you put your mind to it. And Matt Parker is one of those performers who has put his mind to it and done it very, very well, it has to be said. Like many performers at the Fringe, he's actually Australian and has moved over to live in the United Kingdom. And like many performers at the Fringe, his early days up here in Edinburgh was part of a multi-bill show, 20 minutes between himself and two other mathematicians, scientists, scientific performers going on there. But in 2019, he brought himself to the Fringe and a full hour-long show, Humble Pie. It's based on the book of the same name, which brings mathematical mistakes and errors from history and brings them to the stage with hilarious results. And it's all backed up with proof as well. Although you might need to go to the book to get the full proof because in an hour you want to get through more material if you can. But anyway, let's regress. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, let's head back to 2019, back to the Pleasance Dome and back to humble 22 over 7-ish. Comedy and maths, do you have any competition on the circuit? You know, it's pretty quiet. Um, I'm not the only one doing it, because partly it turns out a lot of stand-up comedians are closet nerds. And so, uh, as soon as they... But obviously, they don't do maths in, in most of their routines, but, they, you know, some must do some. But as soon as they know you're doing maths, they're super nerds. But then there are some other people who are doing maths-based comedy. So just at the fringe, off the top of my head, and I'm going to forget some people... I a non-exhaustive set of other people doing mass comedy. Uh, Tamandra Harkness is up doing a show called Take a Risk, which is probably statistics and risk, which is really nice. A guy called Kyle Evans is doing a kids' maths music show. Um, uh, Jason's up doing... Oh, what's the name of his show? Mass Magic. 
It's all in the title. All right. And so that's a show which is Magic and Mathematics. A guy called Tom Crosby does, he does more Rubik's Cubes, but also a bit of maths. So there's a few of us out there. But I, you know, if I had to give my um, unique uh, selling point, I go hard into the maths. And and decent enough comedy to avoid people demanding their money back. And so, if you want, like I've got a I've, there's a maths proof in my show, and it's advertised as comedy. So humble pie, a comedy of maths errors. Let's actually plug your own show as well. Matt will get you caught up with the PR lessons oh, yeah. at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, playing uh, right through until the end of the fringe, eight twenty over at the Pleasant Dome. Not your first time at the fringe. No. I've seen you on stage at the Fringe before is in the uh, triple headers. That's the one. But this is the first time you're coming up solo. Yeah, first solo show, which is very exciting. So I've always done joint shows before. So I um, worked quite a bit with Samantha Harkness, who's doing Take a Risk this year. So that's her second solo show. And we did a show in 2010 called Your Days Are Numbered, The Maths of Death, uh, looking at stats. And then I'm also involved in Festival of the Spoken Nerd, which a lot of Fringe people will have heard of. And so that's myself and um, Helen Arney, who's a long time... Um, Festival Fringe uh, performer and Steve Mould who people might know from Mould and Aerosmith if they know their Fringe history and we we stole him from Gemma and so the three of us did a thing called Festival of the Spoken Nerd which we loved doing and we decided to take a year off because we're always writing and touring shows we're like you know let's just take a year off and at the same time I was writing a book called Humble Pie about mass mistakes and originally I was just writing the book but then I kept going oh that's a really funny story or that would be really good to do with an audience, or I can't do justice with this writing about it because you've got to see, like, the video. This or, needs a laser. This needs a laser. Or this needs a laser. And so eventually I just realized I was mentally writing a, sh- a comedy show to go with it, and it was clearly a fringe show because I wanted to have lasers. I've got live video games on stage. I've got a lot of some, you know, up to two bits of audience interaction, and so I, I eventually just realised I'm writing a comedy show at the same time, and so um, I thought let's do it. And so this became my first uh, solo show at the Fringe. Now, most fringe acts get a five minute get in. So you've got what? Lasers, smoke, Lasers, projectors, smoke, projectors. A couple of spreadsheets? A couple of spreadsheets. Of course you've got a couple of spreadsheets. It's a three-laptop show. <laughs> How do you get all that in in five oh minutes? Oh, my goodness. So between the show before me coming down and me going up, it's 20 minutes. Okay, so you've got a little a bit of A little bit more. Because when they're like, how long do you need? I'm like, mm, 20. And they're like, okay, you get exactly 20. That includes the previous show going out. Which is actually just stand up, so it's fine. Um, and after me is a drag performer who's great right and so we've got it down to a fine delicate art and i built my set having done the fringe several times with different experiments and ridiculous stuff so everything is on two kind of big structures one's in a made to look like an old arcade video game cabinet and one which which arcade machine uh, pac-man okay and the other one is a lectern and they're both on massive wheels and my um, props person um, I called Melis who's great super artistic but um, like a lot of very creative people won't always think about the practical side I'm like hey you can do whatever you want as long as it fits through a doorway and it's on big wheels <laughs> and so it rolls out and everything's already wired in so it rolls out and then well, there's all these network cables and sound and, and control system stuff that all just plug into them once they're in place and then it's up and running and the lasers um, fantastic guy called Seb Lee Delisle did the lasers for me he's an old friend of mine we've done programming and laser stuff before and we came in and we rigged two lasers on the front lighting bar so one's right on one side of the theater one's right on the other side of the theater and they're both they can beam into the middle and hit the projector and so there was some fun mass lining them all up when we got in but now 
touch touch wood, it, we've not had to realign them much. So they're they're, they're doing all right. Are you looking forward at some point the French having to put on the manic the, the manic takeover the world voice and go realign the lasers? <laughs> I should, I should. Uh, it, it's all when I what well, actually well, I've realised this is not a joke or interesting or even that practical unless you've got to align two lasers on a screen very quickly. It's a lot faster to move the screen. So every every we put a test pattern up on both of them, and, and the then I and yeah, I just tune the screen until they're perfectly in alignment, and then we then adjust the digital projector to match where the screen is. So if you've listened to that and went, ooh, ooh this, is this is the show for you. For you absolutely. If you're like, huh? huh, how do you get them into the show? A good point. <laughs> so true. And you know what? I because I work the stand up circuit, so there are a lot of people who do mass communication. It's, it's great. It's such a big. Um, industry here in the UK and actually quite a bit in the US and, and Australia and but because I did comedy first I'm adamant it has to be an interesting show like I would be disappointed in myself if it's not a legitimate comedy show and so it's sold as a comedy show people come along who are comedy it's punters. in the comedy section it's, in the comedy in the section. Section. it's reviewed by comedy people right and, and a reviewer if it's being sold as a comedy show is not going to come in and go oh it doesn't matter it wasn't funny it had a lot of maths in it right that's not what's going to happen so I make it my challenge as well as I'm adamant there will be like there's a proof in there there's some working out there's diagrams there's proper mathematics but also it has to be funny and so I work so hard to make sure it's inclusive for everyone and it's it no one's demanded a refund so I think I think I'm close because to demand a refund, or do they have to do that as a first or second differential on the on the uh, payment that they made into the? <laughs> That's true. Office. Maybe the only people who want a refund are also not prepared to do the math required to get a refund. That's a good system. Um, a comedy of maths errors. Um, off the top of my head, I can think of quite a few from history. Oh, what are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the metric to imperial and the Mars probe. Yes, very nice. That uh, I fact checked that, and it is true. However, it wasn't feet and meters. So a lot of people think that NASA actually So to backtrack used, one, yeah. there was a probe going to Mars. Going to Mars. It was all on course. Mars Climate Orbiter. They, they said, right, okay, I'm going to go for re-entry now, and yep. they never heard from it never again. Never heard from it again. So it takes a long time to get to Mars, like months. And then when it gets there, they need to know how fast it's going and how high it is. And they thought it was going to come in about... 150 kilometers off the surface, but it was way below that, like way below 100 kilometers, and there was so much drag that it's, it slammed into the surface of Mars, and it cost just shy of half a billion US dollars to build, just obliterated. And the story goes that NASA worked out the height it was coming in and confused feet and meters. So they thought it was higher in meters, but it wasn't in feet. What actually happened, NASA had stipulated metric units. NASA was faultless. They were like, everyone has to use metric. And it was the contractor. Exactly. It was the force on the spacecraft. So they were, instead of using newtons, which is the metric version of force, they were using foot-pounds to do the torque um, on the spacecraft. Yeah. Right? And they half a billion dollars. What else did you think of? What other stories? Um... You didn't give me enough time for that. One, I know, I, I know. Th I was thinking about you could just write that on the side of a bus and throw that into Mars and it would still be cheaper. Huh? Uh, no, my mind is completely interesting thing about the bus, blank. I think, and I've not done this, I've wondered, because there's a bit in my show about how humans aren't good at telling the difference between a, a million, a billion, and a trillion. I tell the story of I had to go on BBC News the first time the UK debt went over a trillion pounds just to explain how big a trillion is, right? Because we have no sense of this. And I'm always curious. There was this the famous bus during the Brexit campaign. I suspect if you went to people and said, hey, did it say 350 trillion pounds, 350 billion pounds, or 350 
million pounds. Which one was it? I don't. I think people would be like, I don't. Oh, I don't know. It was a big number, right? But they're very different numbers. One's like the budget for a day, and one's the budget for three years. And so, it, but as humans, we haven't got a good intuition around large numbers. And so, actually, a lot of the the show is me talking about. I mean, a lot less important advertising when companies will try and work out how many combinations you can have for their meal and they get the number wrong. And so I look, McDonald's did it and I talk about that. Pepsi got a, a big number wrong in one of their ads. It's it's fascinating. If we don't do the working out, we take a guess, we get it wrong. I mean, it's a delightful way to get material. And when you look at the circuit and there are so many comedians who will just come out of university and have some nice life experience and some funny stories, there's lots of that. There's not many that are in this space. And that's partly deliberate and partly a happy coincidence because when I first started doing stand-up, I remember someone sat me down. Actually, a fantastic guy called Chris Head who does like comedy um, tutoring stuff and he's directed a lot of my work. And he saw me very early on in my career and said, look, it's not just enough to be you know, quick on stage, funny, good with the audience, all these things, right? They're necessary but not sufficient. You need to be able to do all of those but there are loads of people who can do all of those, and it's yeah, very competitive. Yeah. You need all of that, yes, and one more thing that makes you different. And I was already leaning into being a nerd. Like, I'm very nerdy on stage, obviously, which is not a character. And then I, I was like, oh, well, I also, in my work, because I was a math teacher, and I worked for universities doing math talks for the general public, and I was like, oh, I also got this kind of math thing on the side. I was like, you know what? That would be, that would be something that not only would I enjoy it, because stand-up, if the performer believes in what they're talking about, it's, to my mind, so much more interesting. But also, it would make me different. And so then I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do maths. And 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 turns out there's a whole bunch of people out there who enjoy their maths, and it's worked out well. And you've got the Fringe here. You've got YouTube. You've got books. Oh, yeah. You've got tours. So you can uh, promote three things. Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, so obviously... Base 10. I won't promote... Uh, I won't promote uh, the show at the Fringe because you've already mentioned yep. it's called Humble Pie. It's on at eight twenty in Pleasant Stone. But I am taking it. On. No, it doesn't. I'm it is a genie, the, genie rules. That also, I have final edit. That, that was the, that was the zeroth one. Uh, the first one, <laughs> no. and then so the show is then. Oh, where, where's the country that doesn't count zero? So it just goes minus one, then one. There's something. That yeah, with the, um, years do that with the tick over the 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 the. So in the. Bottom line is, that counts as your Let's first say, plug. i got another story. That anyway, uh, fine. <laughs> Two more plugs. I'm also on tour with the show afterwards. So if you're in the UK across October and November, I'm taking Humble Pie all across the country, like 25 dates. If you go to standupmaths.com, you can get all the details. End of second plug. Uh, and finally, um, I've, you know what, I've, uh, I sell the book. I sell the book. So there's the physical version. If you don't want to come and see me do it live, you can just buy the book Humble Pie. In 10 years' time, yep. how many references to that book do you want in academic publications oh well actually so far i checked we're up to zero and i suspect it'll See stay previous conversation. i think it'll stay at about zero yeah i mean i was very very careful to make it all factually accurate so i got like a fact checker who does it all for me but i don't think it's gonna i reckon if i can get, get past if i can get into 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 the single digits i'll be happy that's not zero a non-zero number Humble Pie there. Uh, and Pie, of course, we should point out for everyone listening, is 3.1415792. Not the one. custard. Not custard. Not baked. No. Okay. This is the point if we're doing it on TV, there would be a custard pie ready. But there oh, we yes. go. Uh, Matt Parker, Matt, thanks so much for your time. You and my absolute pleasure.
Matt Parker that I recorded in 2019 as he talked about his show Humble Pie. As mentioned in that interview and still available in all good bookstores and Amazon, Humble Pie, the book, is available. Uh, Matt himself is now living with his wife Lucy and his Labrador Skylab, um, something else that managed to escape from uh, Western Australia, I think, there. And he also has a rather popular YouTube channel of maths, numbers, science and more. And certainly you will get a lot more people watching one video there than you would have on an entire run at the fringe but sometimes the prestige is on the stage and the pounds to pay the bills can be found online as always links back at our website emberfringe.thepodcastcorner.com where you will get links into the youtube channel there matt's twitter pages and also you can find all of our previous shows if you just stumbled over the archives we've been doing this since august last year and we'll be doing it by the feel of it until august this year and when we get there, of course, it will be the fringe itself. We will go into effectively real time. But for now, the archive says goodbye for now. Catch you in seven days when we open it up and find another classic interview from the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. So right for now. You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by Ewan Spence, produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Listener.